Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Seltzer. Let's head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. We're joined by the voice of the Blues right here on the Blues Radio Network, Chris Kerber. What's up, Kerbs? Anthony, how are you today? Good. Real good. Well, I didn't love the game the other night, Kerbs, but uh, I'm sure you were right there with me. At least you saw a professional team play in a collegiate uh, stadium. Something that you could cross off the bucket list now. Uh, you, you know what? Listen, I, I learned a long time ago. It's just you, you take the atmosphere for what you've got, and I actually think it's been better for the Coyotes to be in that atmosphere than where they were in out in Glendale. It just it, it just never really took off there. And that franchise, they they got a big date coming up in in the middle of May here, uh, where the city residents of Tempe are going to vote on three proposals that are going to allow the Coyotes to build a stadium in Tempe. And if they do. The Coyotes pretty much then are finally set to get a grip on that city after 20-plus years. A stadium on the east side where the population center is, where more of the money is. Uh, they can they can quit being the franchise that takes on everybody's bad contracts just because they're finding cheap ways to get to the floor. Uh, there's so many positives, and I hope it happens for them. Curbs, why do you think they never – had plans for a rink in Scottsdale because I remember when they were downtown when the franchise first started that was uh, we, you know that was the year we were down 3-1 and that playoff series came back the atmosphere was great now the viewing for some of the fans was terrible because it wasn't built for hockey but I thought the automatic move would have been to build a nice rink in Scottsdale to where there's a lot of action a lot of money a lot of people who live in that area they just never did it you know, Jamie, I've, I, we were affiliated when I was in Springfield from 96 to 2000. We were affiliated with the Coyotes. So you followed that story a long time. Richard Burke was the owner, along with a guy by the name of Steve Ellman. Steve Ellman was the, the kind of the, the, oh, he was the property, he was a developer, okay? They, they moved the franchise from Winnipeg and their downtown in a non-hockey building where half of the one side you couldn't even, you couldn't see the ice, right? Because it was just a basketball building. So they dealt with that. I don't know why they couldn't initially get something done in Scottsdale. Then the Glendale opportunity opens up. They build the rink. They figure this area is going to grow more. Well, it, it did grow. There were, but they had ownership issues right from the start when they couldn't get agreements between Burke and Elman, you know, relating to some of the property development, things like that. And that was really the beginning of what has been a 20-year challenge for the National Hockey League and the Coyotes in Arizona because they start with that ownership issue. The franchise has changed hands a couple of times. The league has taken over the franchise once or twice. You're looking at a scenario where 
the, the money people, some more of the uh, some more of the population center. You know, it, it would take you depending on traffic. It could take you an hour, an hour and 20 minutes to get over to Glendale from Scottsdale because that population in Arizona and Phoenix has just grown so much. And then then you end up in the lease situation with, with Glendale, and, and it snowballed, right? They just haven't been able to, to go. To, and let's face it, too. There, there's a hockey aspect to this. When, 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 when they were with us, when, when they were with us in Springfield, player development was something they really didn't care about. And and it didn't matter. And so for the longest time, not only having they had a really good building situation in the right part of town, the other reality of it is they haven't had a prod a, a product for the most part that that has been very good. And so put all that together, and that's why they're in the situation they're in right now. I think they've got an owner that's got the pockets, it's got the wherewithal. They want to do it. They've got a, a place to build a building that they can build without any taxpayer dollars being spent. And uh, and if this goes through, you know, with the way Bill Armstrong is set there with draft picks and some of the young talent, they could become pretty good. But they need that building and they need to get that part done. Chris Kerber joining us right now on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, back to the, the Blues the power play has just been i mean it's it's been staggering how this this power play has been inconsistent at best uh downright atrocious at worst what do you think has happened to this power play and how do you get it back on track uh you know what uh boy that's a great question the power play has just really gone the way of 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 Thomas and Cairo and this season for the blues where you see great plays, but just not consistently enough. And then young players try to force things through. Uh, there hasn't been enough battle in front of the net. How many times have we talked about that on both sides of the ice, right? Um, and and now, but really, again, when when this team has struggled at times at the beginning of the year and this year, right? It, it, it's it's when you start to turn it over to the young guys. And so I'm not surprised by this. There's no O'Reilly. There's no Barbashev. There's you know. Vladimir Tarasenko wasn't a good power play player for the Blues for a year and a half, you know. Uh, so, you know, I don't know the loss of him matters all that much on this one, but uh, it's just one where there's not enough deliberateness to it. And the reality of it is, is under Steve Ott, I, like last year you're talking about one of the top power play, you know, the top power play in the league, right? And with similar personnel, things are just different this year, and, and it's weird. There are so many things like, why are things different this year with some of the same personnel than they were last year? And I wish I had a better answer for you because I just don't. Well, one guy that's been pretty good all season long curves is Pavel Buchnevich. And um, he's been moved to center ice in between Verana and Kapanen. What are your initial thoughts on the move? Is this something that you look at as a natural progression or is it something where the Blues are like, man, we got to get experimental because we need some depth in this lineup? I think with the loss of Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari, they're looking at a big body that is uh, the best 200-foot player on the team right now, and him at center ice looks and sounds pretty good. Uh, he passes so well from the wall, they hope that that translates to the middle. He used to be a centerman. He was a centerman you know, coming up through his career until he was drafted by the New York Rangers, and then the year he was drafted by the Rangers as coach in the KHL, you know, it ended up putting him on the wing. And then when the Rangers brought him over, he played on the wing the whole time. So he does have some experience in the middle. He was he was a centerman for a long time before that. 
Um, I love this idea. You know, they, they need a bigger body in there. There's no other centerman coming up in the organization. They've got some guys that can play the wing. Uh, I, I, I like the versatility of this move, and, and I think it's one that they've got the time to mess with while they're bringing guys in. Because, look, if it does work and they really do like him as a centerman with his ability to pass the puck, that then maybe changes your direction of what you might look at in terms of a player you can acquire, the type of player you might develop, that kind of thing, uh, because you know you've got another big body in the middle, and, and then you can focus on the wings. So uh, I, I like the idea of what they're doing here. Coach, before we let you go, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, ask you your thoughts thus far on Kasperi Kapanen and Jacob Truba, even though, you know, you, or not Jacob Truba. I, hey, that'd be nice. I'd, I'd take that'd be him. real nice. I'd take him. If uh, I mean, what do you what are your thoughts on the Blues acquiring Trouba from the Rangers? Uh, or while, Verana. While we've got you, <laughs> or Verana, 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 and uh, Kapanen. Well, I talked to I talked to him today, and I said, "Okay, how do we say your first name?" He goes, "It's Jakub," and I said, "I can say that." He goes, "Here's it. people here like to call it Jacob," and then he goes, "What are they saying?" I said, "Look, my job is to say your name however you would like me to say it." And he goes, well, my first name, you would say Yakub. I said, would you like me to call you Yakub? He goes, if you did, you'll be the first to get it right. I said, fine, I'm going to call you Yakub. <laughs> Is that okay? And he goes, Dad, he goes, I'd like that. I said, okay, fine, we'll call you Yakub. So Yakub Barana. Right, but he's. But then at the same time, he goes. But my nickname is Jake, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so we got little to no clarity on it. Nice. Yeah, little little to no clarity. So however we want to pronounce it, but I'm pretty sure that last name is Verona. Yeah. So, yeah, true. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Anthony, that was too easy. No, no. I, listen, I, 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 I. If I put it out in the atmosphere, maybe it'll happen, Curtis. Maybe, maybe Truba will actually be like the blues up, uniform. Yeah. Look, I think. I think Kapanen's. I think Kapanen's been okay. Uh, you, you've seen his ability to make smart plays. You've seen his speed. Uh, he's just got to get comfortable still. Verona's just had the one game here, and Craig Berube referenced it today. He said, "Look, we've seen plenty of. We, we, we've seen plenty of skill. You know, the guy's got skill. He's like most guys in the league. They've got skill. When we saw that breakaway in the last game, you saw his speed. And he goes, "That's the impressive part." He goes, "What we need to do with him is convince him and drive it into him that we need that speed and work all the time." And that's the key there. So you're talking about a 26-year-old guy in the National Hockey League, and for him to use his skill right, the work's got to go with the skill. So that's a classic Craig Berube comment, isn't it? We, we, we've got to see that work and that skill every single shift. And if you do that, then you know you've got yourself one hell of a player. So that, that's, that's what I'm waiting to see. I think it's really assess what they have here. But I think if, if you start to look for that consistency uh, that Craig Berube is asking for, then you know you're going to be developing something through the offseason. Well said, Curbs. Have a great call tonight. We'll be listening. Appreciate your uh, your time. Have a great weekend. All right, guys. Have an awesome weekend. We'll see you at the rink.